it up. I just checked. It was green. All right. Good morning again. Welcome. Glad you're here. We are continuing today in our series on the promises of God. Before we do that, I want to encourage you to fast. I want to encourage you to fast. Um, actually, at the beginning of uh, fasting, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to fast every day this month. And so um, I've been doing the one meal a day, but fasting kills the flesh. Fasting weakens the flesh. It's a great thing. So I want to encourage you to get on board. For those of you that have fasted and been praying for our church, I want to thank you and I invite you to fast. If you fasted already, you can still fast again. I encourage you to do so. But we are continuing series on the promises of God. And your know, promises are really powerful when they are fulfilled. They bring security. When they're fulfilled, they bring uh, a sense of stability. They build trust with, uh, in the relationship and in our lives. And they actually strengthen, I believe, our sense of value and worth. Because someone wants to sow into us, so they make a promise. And when they keep their promise, we feel like we were valued. We feel like we were worth something. Unfortunately, broken promises do the opposite. Broken promises, we feel let down. We feel disappointed. We feel like we're not valued because someone didn't keep their word to us. And when, pe when people we trust or, or are in authority over our lives break promises, such as parents, or, you know, teachers, or bosses, or, or pastors, or church leaders, or just people that we respect are in authority. When they bring promises to us, it can be devastating and hurtful, especially if it's done over and over again over time. And it can really damage our ability to trust in God and trust in other people. It can create a barrier and a wall in our ability to trust. I'm sure all of us, at one time or another, right, we've been let down by other people. We've been made promises to, and, um, you know, those promises have been broken. And, you know, we all need people. God made us, right, to be in community. But... When you're in community with other people, or when you're in relationship with other people, you're in relationship with imperfect people, like ourselves. And we have let people down. We have not kept our word completely. We have broken promises, and other people have let us down and broken promises and violated our trust. The other day I was talking to someone and he was sharing about his boss, how his boss had challenged him and set goals for him. And as he was meeting the goals, the boss would keep changing his mind and switching things up. And he said, you know, it felt like the boss kept extending the goalpost further and further. And I could tell he was very frustrated and hurt and upset because Things were said, promises were made, and promises were broken. 
There's a lot of movies and songs out there about parents and dads breaking promises. I remember way back there was a movie called Liar, Liar. Do you remember that movie? Right here, Liar, Liar with Jim Carrey. He was kind of the slick, kind of, you know, cut corner, kind of lawyer. And the thing is, he would continue to make promises to his son that he would be there for him. He would be there at his birthday. He would be there for all these things. And he would keep breaking those promises. Until one day, one birthday, the son had a birthday, the dad didn't show up again, and he prays that his dad, Jim Carrey, he, he prays or he wishes, he has this birthday wish that his dad would not be able to lie, would have to tell the truth for one whole day. And at least all these funny things, right, all these funny things happen um, when he's trying to actually lie and he can and he has to tell the truth. Well, there's a lot of movies like that. There's a lot of songs about that. And when that happens, it could be damaging and hurtful and so mistrust and fear. You know, I read this online. It was uh, kind of like a, a, a boy. I kind of imagine it was a boy or a child writing to. It was kind of like a Dear Abby kind of thing where they were seeking advice. So this is what the boy writes. Why is my dad losing interest in me. My dad always makes promises about what, when we're going to do something, but when the time comes, he breaks his promise. He's always on the phone or doing other stuff while he can't even watch a movie with me. And it shows the impact of this dad continuing to break promises to his son. And that could be devastating when promises are broken. Break trust. Today we see that all the time. Politicians, experts, parents, teachers, past church leaders breaking promises left and right. You know, I went online and I did a, in a search engine, I searched, for, I just put in broken promises. You know what came up? This clothing line. This clothing line came up and it's called Broken Promises Company. And you know, you could see some of the images of the shirts. It's like this skull, there's like the death, you know, the, the death spear with the, the sickle and all these kind of images. And I looked over the I looked at the website and this is some of the clothing, some of the t-shirts, t-shirts. This was what was on some of the t-shirts. One t-shirt, the front says, F is fake. And then F is for fake. And on the back it says we were never really friends anyway. Another shirt, the front says promises, and on the back it says, I admit that I haven't been doing my best, but neither have you. And then one shirt, it was a shirt and a pants, and it said, fake friends stab you in the back, real friends stab you in the heart. And I thought, I looked through the page, I looked through the site, and I thought, these young adults, many of them were young adults, they're trying to express the pain that they've had in their lives from promises being broken. And I just tried to imagine, I tried to think, what, where do you have to be in your heart that you would want to wear 
that kind of shirt? What have you experienced? What, what disappointments have you had to experience in your life that you would want to wear these shirts, have these slogans that talk about pro broken promises? And the slogan of this company, see, company is this, words mean nothing and promises are never kept. Broken promises can be devastating. So where can we go in this ever-changing, seeming like, seemingly uncertain, kind of chaotic world where it feels like the rug keeps getting pulled out from under us and all the things we used to depend on, all the things we thought were solid, all the institutions that we thought we could trust, are in doubt. Where do we go? Who can we trust? Where do we find stability? Let me take you to Psalms 102, 25 through 28. It says this, Long ago you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. So the psalmist is talking about the Lord God. 26, they will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like the old clothing. You will change them like a garment and discard them. But you are always the same. You are always the same. You will live forever. The children of your people will live in security. See that? Your people and the children of your people will be secure. Why? Because you never change. You are always the same. Their children's children will thrive in your presence. God, through his word, makes it very, very clear that he, God, never, ever changes. He never, ever changes. Look at Malachi 3.6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. God the Father never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Holy Spirit never changes. God never changes because that's his nature. That's his character. That's who he is. And who he is is absolutely perfect and consistent and constant. That's God's nature. That's who he is. I read this on the website, theexaltedchrist.com. It says this, talks about God's unchanging nature. God will always respond to everything according to his unchanging character. That's the basis of who God is, his unchanging character. God is unchanging in his being, perfection, purposes, and promises. God can never get better, and he can never get worse. He is forever perfect in every way. 
to change in even the smallest degree would cause him to cease to be God. Part of what makes God God is the fact that he is absolutely, completely perfect in all his ways, without flaw, without blemish, without mistake, and so he is perfect and unchanging in his perfection. So, why is that important? What does that mean for us? Well, first, it means you can completely trust him because he doesn't change. You know, I, I read this saying that says, promises are only as good as the person who gives them. Isn't that true? Promises are only as good as the person who gives them or the person that makes the promise. Because God is unchanging in his nature and character, when he makes a promise, you can fully trust in that promise. Number two, you can fully depend on him. We live in a time, like I said, of great change. Think back to the year 2017, five years ago. What were you doing in 2017? What was going in your life? What was happening five years ago? If you were to transport back to that year, 2017, I guarantee you, you would never have imagined or predicted the events that would unfold over the next five years. Right? Because everything in this world changes constantly. And we've experienced radical changes in society over the last five years. So what can you depend on? You could depend on the Lord. The Lord doesn't change, so you could absolutely depend on the Lord. And then number three, he will always keep his promises. Yet you know God, he cannot, this is a double negative here, he cannot not keep his promise. God cannot not keep his promise because his promise is completely rooted in who he is as God, his nature, his character. Now, God fulfilling that promise to you might not be on your timetable. It might not be when you want it. But it is absolutely certain that God will fulfill his promise. Because if he does not fulfill his promise, his word that he spoke, he would not be God. Because God's promise is rooted in the fact that his, he is unchanging perfect in his nature. He never changes his mind. You know, the Bible has a few places where it says, like when the earth was corrupted in the beginning in Genesis, right before the flood, it said, God regretted that he has made man. That's just for our benefit. That's written for our benefit, for us to connect with God. But God does not change his mind. He is out of time and space. He is beyond time. He is the same. He is completely in the past as he is in the future. Try to meditate on that for a little bit. You want your head to explode. That God is eternally in the past, in the present, and in the future at the same time. He always keeps the promise. He doesn't change his mind. Look at Numbers 23, 19 through 20. God is not man that he should lie, 
or a son of man that he should change his mind? Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot revoke it. Balaam the prophet, he was asked to do a curse on Israel. And when he was about to do a curse on Israel, God took over, and he instead, out of his mouth, came a blessing. And so Balak wanted him to, hey, what did you do? I told you to curse them, and you blessed them. And he says, I can't undo it. God spoke a blessing to me. It can't be ever undone. Because when, when God spoke through him, it was established. It was set. Because God is unchanging, and he never changes his mind. Now let me share with you two powerful promises that God makes to you and me. Two powerful promises. The Lord puts it on. And when I share about this, I, I need to prep you. Because when we talk about the truths of God, about who God is, you cannot see it with your natural eyes. I was talking to Arlene Harris the other day. It was a fascinating conversation because I had heard Arlene Harris has done some reading and research about quantum physics. And so I, I've done a little bit of reading, so I was talking to her about that, and she was sharing with me something. It's like really amazing. It was really cool. But one thing she spoke, she said this little phrase, a simple thing that was profound. She said, you know, we really see with our brain, with our spirit, with our brain. People think we see with these things here. It says, no, this is just the, the window through which it comes in, but we really see with, with our brain. And I thought, I thought, wow, that's so true, right? That's profound. Do you know, to see God, to see truths about God, to see spiritual truths, you cannot see with your physical eyes. The only way you could see God, the only way you could receive these truths and these promises is if you see with your spirit. You have to see with your spirit. You cannot apprehend it. You cannot understand it. You cannot see it with your physical eyes. That's why things like fasting are so good because it helps to break our dependence on just physical things. We just live in such a physical reality. We think that what we see, feel, touch, we think what we can reason, that's reality. That's just a small sliver of reality, and it's not the truest reality. For those things, you have to see with your spirit. You might say, well, I don't know how to do that. Yes, you do. You know how because you have the Holy Spirit in you. And you could pray. And you could, right? When you pray, that's seeing with your spirit. Because you're praying to a God you cannot see. You pray to God to a God that's not physically in front of you. So whenever you pray, you're praying with your spirit, and you're saying, you're saying, God, open my eyes so I could see you with my spirit. Help me to be in tune with my spirit. Okay, now I'm going to give you the promises. These are good. They are rooted in God's 
perfect character. First promise is this. God says to you, God, not, not, don't hear my voice. Don't listen with these things here. God says this in his word, so it's God's voice. So you listen with your spirit. God says to you, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is God's promise to you. He will never, ever, 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 ever leave you. Never. There has not been one moment that he has ever been away from you, that has he ever left you, that he's ever not been by your side, not been in your life if you received Jesus Christ. He will never turn his back on you. He will never ignore you. He will never ghost you. Never. Because he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Never. Never. You know how much time that is? Zero. You know how many moments that is in your life? Zero. Let's close our eyes. Hear the word, the voice of the Spirit. Open your spirit and hear the voice of the Spirit speak to you. He says to you and he calls you by name. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never, ever leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. That's the word of the Lord. You know, religion makes everything dependent on your performance. And so if you perform badly, then God will leave. God forsakes you. God won't give you the time of day. Only until you do the right thing. Then he will draw near to you. God's promises are dependent on who he is. Not on who you are. God's promises are dependent on who he is. His character, not yours. On your best day and your worst day, he is exactly the same. When you are on your best behavior and when you are committing your worst sin, he is exactly the same. 
Because he doesn't shift and change according to us. He says, I am who I am. His character is greater than the things you do. His character is greater than the circumstances you are in. His character is greater than the feelings that you feel. He never changes. In your life, you may have felt abandoned. You might have had an absentee father. You might have had a father who was there, but was not really present, was checked out. There may have been people in your life who have walked out on you, turned their back, yelled at you, been angry or critical or rejected you. But God will never, ever leave or forsake you. Never. He never has and he never will. That's the first promise we are highlighting today that God has made to you. The second promise is this. God says to you, I will always love you. I am always for you. And nothing can disconnect you from my love. Because of God's love, the Father has put you right smack dab in the middle of Jesus' heart. That's where he has put you. In Christ. Over and over the Bible says, you are in Christ. You are in Christ. You are in Christ. And his son, who also never changes, has you in his heart permanently that's your position and that's how God always sees you do you think the, the father loves the son Jesus do you think the father ever disconnects his love from Jesus If he doesn't disconnect from Jesus and you are in Jesus, then what does that mean for you? You are never, ever disconnected from the love of God. Never. Romans 8.31 What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know that's a rhetorical question, right? When he Paul says, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's a rhetorical question, because what's the answer? Nothing and no one. If God is for us, it doesn't matter who's against us. Because who can stand against God? You know what? It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? You know what? You cannot even be against yourself. I say a lot of people do that. You're against yourself. You don't forgive yourself. You blame yourself. You sabotage yourself. You think poorly of yourself. God says, 
Not even you can be against yourself because I am for you. I am for you. And he won't have it. We can try. But he's not going to let you succeed. Romans 8.32 He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? This thing. If he gave to us the most important thing and that he, it to him, the most valuable thing to us, he gave his own son, Jesus, to die for us. If he did not withhold the most important thing, he's not going to withhold all the lesser, everything else, all the lesser stuff. It says he is graceful. He will certainly give us everything we need and more. Everything. Does that make sense? He sent Jesus to die for you, and then he's not going to take care of you until eternity? That makes no sense whatsoever, even with our human, puny human understanding. That makes no sense. You don't even need spiritual understanding to understand that. <laughs> if he did not withhold his son, why do we still doubt that he's not going to take care of us? He's not going to provide for us. Not going to give us what we need. He said, well, well, what about trials? I'm going through trials. You know why I believe God offers trials? It's so that you will turn to him and that he can show you his heart for you. And he could provide for you more of himself for you to hold on to, to experience, to receive. You know, God's always trying to give you more of him. He said, you're not taking it. You're not receiving it, okay. I'm going to have to allow this trial to come so you will turn to me so I can give you more. That's his heart for you. Romans 8.33, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Basically, this is saying, if anyone comes after you, they have to go through me first. You know, we have, appreciate, love our deliverance team, our prayer ministry teams, because God uses them to help free us from bondages from demonic oppression. Yes, demons can oppress Christians. Yes, yes. But you know what? Demons have no chance against God. None. Zero. They're like his little footstool things. Like... And so God is for you. And he says, who can bring a charge against you? They have to go through me. Romans 8.34 Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? There is no, zero, none, nada, zilch, nil, nine, anio, ear, condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. 
None. God never, ever condemns you. All the condemnation that you would have received, he put on Jesus on the cross. If you ever feel condemned, it is not from God, period. No condemnation. Zero. And finally, we're closing Romans 8. I'm going to read verses 35 and then 38 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution? Shall famine or nakedness or danger or sword? For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's promise, nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing in the creator world, no spiritual thing, nothing can separate you from his love, ever. You cannot even separate yourself from his love. Our stupidity cannot even separate us from God's love. Our sin cannot separate us from God's love. Nothing can separate us from God's love. Because his love is based on his unchanging character. He doesn't change and he loves all the way, all the time, 100% fully. Because that's who he is. He doesn't know any less. He doesn't know how to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ratchet down my love a little bit. You know, like that person, they're not behaving right. I'm going to cool my love down a little bit. That's not who he is. His love is based on his unchanging character. And his love is 100% full on all the time. And you cannot, even if you tried, separate from his love. So, get over myself. Get over yourself. Because these are truths, facts, that are rooted in the nature of who God is. And accept these unchangeable, unbreakable, eternal truths about who God is and who he is for you. One application today, just one application. And the application is this. Just one. Go to the one who is always with you. Go to the one who is always for you. The one who always loves you. Pour out your heart to him. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you need. Tell him what your dreams are. 
Tell him your frustrations. Tell him your concerns. Tell him your worries. And give them all to him. And give him the greatest gift that you could give him. Your love and your heart. Let's bow forward to prayer. Holy Spirit, open our eyes. We are so blind. Well, we're not really blind. We really can see in our spirit, but we are so often disconnected from our spirit. We live so much in our own flesh, in our own thinking, in our own the physical realm. So, Lord, stir in us. Stir in us, Lord. Help us to see with our spirit. Help us to see with our spiritual man, our spiritual woman. Help us to know that we can see you. We can see the truth. We can receive revelation about who you are. And your truth, and really not your truth, who you are can radically transform our lives for the better, Lord. And so, Lord, this is the cry of our heart. Lord, we want to see you, God. We want to see you. To see that you are unchanging, that you are absolutely trustworthy, dependable, consistent. That you say to us, I will never leave you or forsake you. That you say to us that I love you always, 100%, all the way, all the time. And help us to live, God, in your love and in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, touch this time of, of worship now. Touch this time that it can be an awesome, spirit-anointed time where we connect with you, the lover of our soul, our first love, Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. While the worship is going on, we've got prayer ministers are going to be up here. We felt like we just want to offer prayer every week. Maybe something that was said, or maybe the Lord brought something to mind where you just want to bring before them. Maybe one thing that we've been praying for is physical healing. We've been seeing people healed, so come on up for that. And so prayer ministers can come on up and then um, during worship, please come on up. We see prayer. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It would be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.